You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. Using pure common sense and ignoring the groupthink, Daniel breaks down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, in the house on this bright, shiny day, Thursday, September 28th. Wow. What could I tell you, folks? Thanks for all your encouragement, all your messaging. This is the day that the Lord made. We shall exalt and rejoice thereon. We've waited for this day. Um, The prophet of lamentation, as Steve Days calls me, is now a prophet of hope. No, the fundamentals haven't changed. We still need a new party. But I actually think we are one step closer to making it because we're closer to revitalizing a new conservative movement built upon those old timeless principles through the election of Judge Moore. Now, obviously, those of you in the audience had a special front row seat here. While nobody was talking about this, we were talking about this not just at the beginning of the race, but last year when we were really setting the stage for this, but long before we ever thought there would be any sort of vacancy, that Sessions would leave, that Roy Moore would think of running for Senate, when Roy Moore was taking a stand for marriage, for traditional values, for federalism, separation of powers, state powers, unalienable rights, natural law, against judicial supremacy and judicial tyranny, it felt awful. Nobody was with us. Steve Dace and I, I believe, were the only people that even covered it. Everyone remembers when he was kicked off the court, you know, the Supreme Court in Alabama by the dumb, unelected, unaccountable panel there, the court of the judiciary in 2003. Keep in mind, 2003, that was with the Ten Commandments the first time. Everyone was on top of that. Here, nobody knew because nobody really cared. But is it true that nobody cared? I think the people deep down, I've said this many times, most people in their guts know something's not right. Most people in their guts, I believe if we had a party and a movement promoting what we believe, it would resonate with them. Certainly Republican voters. But as long as you don't offer people stake, they're going to choose between the lesser of two evils. But when, when you give people the truth, they know it when they see it. They might not be able to articulate the policies and the ideas that they believe in, but when you give it to them, they know it's true. I can't tell you the number of people that are emailing me now and saying, wow, Daniel, you know, I, I really appreciate you standing so firm, going out on a limb so just categorically for Judge Moore so early on not being ashamed, not being embarrassed, not being scared of who he is. And it's funny because until the guy was going to win, most people, even colleagues of mine, I don't know, Daniel, I don't know if we could talk like that openly and elect people like that. But if you actually have the audacity to do it, it changes the landscape. This is what the left does so successfully. This is how they've made transgenderism and socialism and endless healthcare entitlements mainstream because they, they go ahead and do it. 
Amnesty, they go and do it. They have the audacity to do. And it changes the landscape. People have been starving for someone who actually believes in this stuff and, and, and will do it. And the reason why I'm opening up by talking about last year, how we got here, because it's important to understand the background for this race. Um, not to tout my involvement in it or my encouragement of it, although I definitely am appreciative to this audience. You, you guys I know have really put out there. A lot of people donated. But it's to get to the truth of what happened here and therefore what is the opportunity we have? What is the purpose? Why do we want Roy Moore in the Senate? Keep in mind this party is junk. So now you have four conservatives instead of three. Some issues maybe of six or seven. You're never going to get to 51 on anything we want to do. So what's the purpose? There is a purpose. I want to get to that. But first we have to understand what happened here and the significance of it. I love it. I, you know what's funny? I love how everyone knows from everything. I remember this when Dave Bratt won. And those who weren't involved had no idea, woke up, oh my gosh, he won. Everyone had their hot take on it within 15 minutes. They had it all figured out. They knew what happened. I'm not just talking about the media. I'm talking about the pseudo-thumb-sucking, click-servative, click-bait, um, phony whatever. I have nothing but expletives to say uh, about the state of the so-called conservative media. They have it all figured out. So too many people are throwing this into their generic boxes. Oh, this is the alt-right. This is populism. This is, uh, this is part of anti-establishment, fueled it, anti-McConnell. And it's not that some of these things are wrong. I mean, certainly, yeah, this was to stick it to the establishment. But, but that's downstream, this was the people voting for, affirmatively for something. They loved what they saw. They voted for Judge Roy Moore. And more important than any man because, you know, we don't put our trust in men that have no salvation. We put our trust in God and we believe in the divinely inspired documents that founded this country and the divine providence surrounding it. But it's what he represented. And certainly we appreciate him as a pers- person and what he did in, did in his courage. It's funny, I'm, I'm learning more about his history in Vietnam. Oh my gosh, I mean, you really see this man, wow. He's, he's uh, straight out of the 1800s, and I mean that in a good way. By the way, he has no, he has no cell phone, doesn't do email, it's all through his wife. Um, I mean, th- this guy is just as real as it gets. There's no politics there. It's all real. And that's what people liked. You know, th- there's a part of Trump that that got to people, you know, in a, in a positive way. And a lot of people got bought into it. And, and I don't blame them for it. There, there's elements of it that were good. So a lot of people were like, man, we lost our conservative movement. It's Trumpism now. Again, people are going to go into the Fed of what's there. People are Most people are followers. They're going to go to whoever is making the strongest play. People want a winner. But if you actually have the audacity to go out and run on our views and win, who's to say people won't follow that? And, and in fact, people did. So the media and the pseudo-conservative National Review types that are just pulling their hair out here, slandering Judge Moore, they... They think that this was a, 
oh, well, they just picked any crazy guy they can get to just lodge their defiance and protest against the GOP establishment. Not so. Because their their premise is built upon like, yeah, Judge Moore was a nobody, and suddenly it became like an establishment thing, and then he started winning. And then Steve Banning came in, and these guys, and, and won it for him. I'm going to tell you something that, that a lot of people don't realize. The exact opposite is true. Judge Moore was always going to win this, and it was very providential how it came about. Um, he should have won by 15 to 20 points. He wound up only winning by 9.2. It was a, you know, it was a smashing victory across the board. Um, you know, 63 to 67 counties, the first person ever to knock off a, a sitting incumbent in a primary that had been endorsed. Listen to my qualifications. You know, there have been a, a couple other, you know, people have been knocked off in primaries, but someone who has been endorsed by a sitting Republican president. That has never happened. Um, and then to have the amount of money per capita that was thrown at him in an off-season. Keep in mind, it's much more effective. See, when you have 50 million ads thrown around, you know, state senate, judge, county executive, Congress, senate, you know, kind of, you know, people tuning out in the election season with the oversaturation. Here, you had everything, one-sided air war and mailers focused just on what a liberal and how corrupt Judge Moore is. So I, I don't want to knock the 9.2% victory. I mean, that, that's a big deal. I'm trying to prove a different point here. He was up by 15, 20 points. He was up from the very beginning. He was up in the internal polling before they decided to run. He was up when it was a 10-person race, most prominently with, um, what's his name, Mo Brooks and, and Pittman in and several others. And he was up at the beginning of the first week with the runoff. You know, when it was him and Strange, he was up 15 to 19 points. Um, and that lead naturally should have only grown. You know, Luther Strange was a milquetoast guy, was viewed, had the corruption, the whole Bentley thing surrounding him, the circ dubious circumstances of his appointment. So their smear machine actually did work in part. It, it, did, it did take a chunk out of him. But because he was so strong in what he stood for, he was so well-known, he had that name ID, something we never really had in a... Um, you know, challenger candidate, that's how he won. But my point is, he was popular from day one. Why? It has nothing to do with what everyone's trying to make it about. It goes back to last year. When you had a situation where you have super majorities in the state legislature. Every elected official is a Republican. Governor, Lieutenant Governor, um, Secretary of State, Attorney General was Luther Strange at the time. Every member of the state Supreme Court was an elected Republican. Judge Moore went out on a limb for the fir first time. I mean, it was really the second time for him, but he's the only one who's done it and said, wait a minute, a federal district judge cannot redefine marriage across the board for the state of Alabama. I, I mean, Anthony Kennedy said that himself, that it's a state thing before he lied and two years later after Windsor flipped. We either believe in the Constitution, the Declaration, natural law, God's law, or we don't. And he could, he could, his job could have easily been saved. 
the state legislature could have clarified that this court of the judiciary, the judiciary inquiry commission that that it was in charge of it, of kicking him off and everything, could have stripped their power from this, made it clear. By the way, I, my understanding of state statute is pretty clear there anyway that it has to be corruption or something. Not that you disagree on a decision that the judge made. That's why you have state elections for state judges. Um, but to clarify, they could have made, stood by him. Nobody did anything on a national level. It was me and Steve Dace. Nobody stood with him, like with the Ten Commandments sign, because the political professional structure of the modern day conservative movement doesn't care. They've not only become at peace with cultural Marxism, they actually despise anyone who stands up to it. It started off that every Republican admired, every Republican official admired and expected in a Republican elected official someone like a Judge Moore that proudly praised cites the Bible, cites the Constitution, and really means it and really lives by it. Then we're like, well, I don't know. You know, we can't win on that publicly. We better just be a little quiet about it, but we admire it privately. And then we we develop the complex because we only operate in the realm of the left-wing premise on anything. So we operate in their premise that our views are unspeakable. And, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more you make them unspeakable, the more they become unspeakable and the more the polling changes on an issue. But the minute you go there and you punch them in the face and you like, no, I'm going to be loud and proud about it, you'll be, you'll be shocked at how quickly the polling will change. And look at look what the Democrats did on Obamacare. Look what they did on everything. Polling's very fickle. People are very fickle politically. They don't have set views, but they understand the truth when it hits them. But anyway... Nobody stood with this man. And I was in a lot of pain at the time. You, you heard in my voice that I, I wrote a number of articles, the appalling silence. We did a podcast. We had the judge on last year, long before, again, long before we knew there would be a race, Senate vacancy. And I never pictured him ever running for Senate. But you know who it did bother? It bothered the people of Alabama. They knew something wasn't right. We're strangers in our own country when our own heritage, our own sovereignty, our own values, our own constitution gets criminalized. And the people that are criminal, that belong in jail, have the power to throw our guys in jail or to kick them off. You know, they're people who, who should be impeached. Um, you know, unelected federal judges have the power to get state unelected officials to kick off an elected state judge following constitution and our most foundational natural law. It bothered the people. So immediately when he ran, I mean, everyone knew who he was. They knew what he did. They appreciated it. They appreciated that he is that peg in the hole. He is that back scratcher that finally reaches the itch. Judge Moore is what the doctor ordered because every Republican runs all, you know, Luther Strange said, um, I'm uh, for traditional marriage. I fought for a traditional marriage. But really, when he was attorney general, he was the man who could have stopped this. And he stood by and allowed judicial supremacy to make Obergefell the so-called law of the land. And he actually said it's the law of the land. He said, he said it at the time. That's who they are. This is a man. When he says this is not in the Constitution, uh, that means he will act upon that. When he says he believes in God and will be guided by that, you know, it's funny. Every Republican puke 
says, I'm going to prey on it. I'm going to prey on the decision. It's become a cultural thing. It's kind of like, to a certain extent, you you see Christianity in Latin America and parts of Latin America. It, it's, you know, they'll wear a cross, so it'll be very, um, kind of like the Reformed New York Jews. Same same thing with Catholics, Protestants, Jews. You have the cultural affinity for that religion, but you really don't abide by it, and in fact, you repudiate its, its most foundational tenets. And that's really what the Southern Republican Christians that are elected to office have become. And um, this is what they were voting for. It wasn't anything new. Populism, nationalism, anti-establishment. Yeah, that naturally flows from there because they're the antithesis of what Judge Moore is. But they are being the anti. And that's the funny thing. He ran a relentlessly positive campaign. He wasn't anti. The anti was against him. So this wasn't all that. They just picked any any piece of trash off the tree, street because they didn't want Mitch McConnell. No. A lot of people, you saw it, they're like, look, I appreciate what Trump is doing, I'm for Trump, but they know that there's stuff lacking, and they know there's problems with him, and they know there's values issues. Like, aha, this is the man we got. And you know what? More and more, you know, some of the thumbsuckers are appalled by him, but more and more I'm seeing people, wow, yeah, we need to be more open about it. This was a victory for social conservatism, for cultural conservatism. But when I say social conservatism, I don't mean two, three issues. I mean it's everything. It includes fiscal, economic, national security, everything we talk about. Because it's built upon godly and constitutional principles. And if you have that down pat, it has all the answers for all the all the policy problems today. This is not rocket science. It really isn't. And that's what people affirmatively voted for. We're sick of being thrown to the back of the bus. Where the left could win 50-year culture battles overnight without firing a shot, and we do nothing. The transgenderism in the military, we do nothing. You have Dunford out there who's who's pushing for it. We need a voice who will push back against this. Now, look, I understand there's certain packaging that the way the country is after seeding the ground for so many years, you can't go to zero to 101 shot. And, you know, you can't elect everyone with all the same trappings and the same personality and culture, maybe in Florida, swing states, maybe to run for president. But by golly, if we can't have our men, women too, from places like Alabama, then go home. Everyone has their constituency. We have the transgender guy. We have the Keith Ellison guy. Everyone represents something. You know, 90% represent illegal aliens. They have the biggest representation in Congress. They're all for them. Who is standing for the forgotten man that wants to uphold America's traditional values? And I don't just mean on marriage and abortion, fighting for religious liberty, it encompasses everything, every issue. Like the judge said in his um, acceptance speech, when, when, since when did government have the right to get involved in private enterprise and healthcare? You can get involved in like, oh, we'll devolve this, estate this, this much Medicaid. Like, no, uh, no, this is not where it's at. It's not in my constitution, so we're not doing that. 
and it's funny because everyone, including his enemies, know that he's actually serious about it. Um, it's funny. The, the, as much as they, they feign outrage about Republicans and other people, deep down they know it's a joke. They know, you know, they, they just have to do it to show their base that they're fighting, you know, a straw man enemy. But this is the significance of what happened. I love all the Johnny Come Latelys, you know, with the, with their their hot takes on it. Now, why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because what we're trying to do is not just block their establishment deals and, you know, somehow maybe even take over the party. No. I mean, I wish we could do that. Certainly, by the way, certainly I'm not knocking the, you know, the observation that this will help Chris McDaniel in Mississippi. It will open things up, but I just will remind you that it's not that the smear machine doesn't work. It's very effective, unfortunately, when they have all the money. Um, people are still very shallow, which is why I still believe we need to fight to transform primaries into state conventions um, where the ads are just don't work against the activists who who actually know who the people are and what they stand for and they don't fall to these shallow ads. Um, you know, it's it's a problem and people that have lesser name ID, I think they would have gone down here. I do think the environment ha- is more helpful than it was when I tried this going up against Mitch McConnell directly in 2014. But uh, you know, it's going to be tough. But anyway, it will it will open up more doors. But so what? So you get two more good senators, five more good House members. Not going not gonna to matter. But here's what does matter. Here's what we're lacking. We are lacking a forum, a messenger, in a consistent way that goes up there and is like Bernie Sanders to Democrats. He's an independent, literally an independent. You might caucus with them legally, but you have nothing to do with them. You will not take their money. You're not going to take any of their consultants. You're not going to take industry money. You're not going to ask for any committee assignments. I don't care. Whatever you give me, you give me because I don't want you holding that over me. And most importantly, I am not on your team. I am on the Constitution's team. If you want to be on my team, I'm glad to work with you. But we're going we're gonna to do things very differently. And we're going to endorse against incumbents. This is not a knock at Cruz and Lee, but I'm just saying – this is something we haven't yet done. Part of that is because just the way they're elected. It was an, it was before the Civil War broke out fully. They ran against individual candidates. Now, obviously, those candidates had the support of the party, so by extension, they were running up against the party. But they didn't openly declare war on Mitch McConnell and say they were going to vote against him. And immediately when they got in there, they pledged not to go up against any incumbents. You know. It's not to knock their work. They, they've done as good as they you know, could expect them to do. They're better than anyone else. But we need to take this to an, another level. It's not good enough anymore to just elect another Cruz or Lee, or, or at least the way they were elected, that's going to have one foot still in their camp. Because what happens is then you start feeling the pressure, and you get scared. It's always, oh, man, I'm, I'm blocking. I'm blo- I can't. No, no, no. We're going to do our own thing. We need an office, and, and to staff him up, we have a lot of all-stars. Hopefully, we can get in there as a staff to go in there and switch the order. They're the ones driving the agenda, which is the Democrat agenda, and we're always operating within their confines. So both in terms of the generic issues, we operate under their premises, their way of looking at the issue, 
their ideas. And then just in terms of the panoply of focus, the issues we focus on, it's always their issues. It's never the issues we want to focus on. This way, we're going to come in debt ceiling, budget bill. Here's what we're going to do. You introduce your own budget, your own legislation, and you message it. You have your own fundraising network like Bernie Sanders. And that, and that's how you start creating a new movement to create a new party. See, unlike Bernie Sanders, the Democrat Party was already oriented in his direction anyway. And they deep down agreed with it. They just didn't want to be so bold and public about it. So, you know, he was successful in kind of getting them all in his direction. I'm not saying he's going to be successful in changing the party, but he's going to be successful in getting out our message in a specific way as it relates to the current battles. We don't have that enough. Cruz was very capable of it and did it to a certain extent, but the problem is he was too he was too tied into them. He felt too beholden to them. And that's why he has to make it very clear, Judge Moore, that it is not to take their money immediately, not to take their help. Don't reconcile with them. You don't have to be rude on a personal level. Say, look, you know, I'm willing to work with anyone who's going to work on the Republican Party platform. But to do our own thing, that is the dream. And then, look, if you can get in one or two more people, all the more so, you grow that movement. It's not a matter that we're going to suddenly get 51 votes to strip the courts of jurisdiction on immigration. We're not going to get that because they're never going to do it. You'll have a handful of people. It will take us 100 years to get to that point. But you get it out there that you delegitimize it in the culture. You delegitimize the judicial supremacy, and you spawn that new party that could eventually supplant the Republican Party. That's at least my view of it. That, to me, is the opportunity that I'm reading that I believe God is sending us that we need to take advantage of. It's not just to elect another person that we really believe in, shares our values, and is conservative to the Senate. I mean, that's like throwing another diamond into a landfill. You're just going to have that guy struggle personally every day between the false dichotomy. No. You change the dichotomy. No, actually, here's what we're going to be doing. And the media is going to be fascinated in everything this guy says, and that's the thing. I mean, no one's interested in Mitch McConnell and John Thune and John Cornyn. I mean, that's how we talk over them. This is what Bernie did to, you know, people like Patty Murray and whatever, the no-name Democrats. He totally owned them in the media. I I think a mixture of what Bernie did and what Ron Paul did in his movement, you need that. A movement to fight cultural Marxism, which really encompasses everything. So anyway, folks, there's a lot more. I'm a little bit out of breath here. It's been a tiring week, so we're going to cut it short. Um, I originally wanted to get the judge on, but I, I, he's very overwhelmed. I don't want to bother him, so we'll wait maybe till till next week, hopefully, when we have a couple of moments with him. There's a lot going on. I have an article out on the crime statistics that came out that literally debunk the entire criminal justice deform effort, the entire thesis of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, Very, very important. Uh, No one's talking about. And we're going to delve into this tax stuff. You know I I don't have my heart in it. Taxes is not the issue like cultural Marxism, like healthcare, like the debt like the size of government, like the structure of government, like the judicial tyranny, like our foreign policy that's broken. It's not emergency. It's been there for years. 
It's not great, but if anything, it's been better since Reagan and Bush. There's certainly what conservatives can do, but it's not what they're going to do. It's not worth the capital. They're going to half-ass it the same way they did on health care. Um, I, I, I want to ha- dedicate an entire show to this, but hopefully I'll have an article out tomorrow on this um, so you guys could see. A lot more to come. Judge Moore is still going to need your money, by the way, because that's the whole point. There is a Democrat challenger. I'm not really so worried about him in in a state like Alabama, but you never want to be complacent. And again, you don't want to take the other side's money. So we're going to need our side to pony up. Um, And again, I'm I'm just – I'm proud of you all. I'm proud of you all for standing by this movement. Um, You know, this is just – it's just if nothing else, it's encouraging for me. You know, I I, I get down at times. You guys know that. Um. It was very tough in 2014. Almost everyone I backed lost. And they get savaged and the smear machine works. It, it, it's just it, it's very hard watching. There's one thing if you run ads saying this guy's a right winger, he's too much and whatever. But when you run ads saying, oh, this guy's a liberal, he's a and, – and it's just – it's sickening. They lie and it works. Thank God they came up short this time. Um, but I, I we're not done with the smear machine. It, it can and will work in other places. But anyway, don't buy into any other garbage you're hearing on this race from the pseudo-thumbsuckers that totally don't understand it. They're caught in their own ivory tower. They are the problem. These are the people that claim to hate judicial tyranny, but um, you know the courts could say uh, the, 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 you know mandate marriage between four donkeys and a man, and they'll say it's the law of the land. So this is what we're dealing with. They're all for our our values, but you're not allowed to think them. Well, maybe you could think them, but you're not allowed to articulate them. You're sure as heck not allowed to run on them. We had the audacity to say no. We're going to change the landscape here. We're going to actually come out and in full force, we're going to loud and proud say what we believe in. We're going to shift the contours of political parlance of acceptable, what's acceptable, just like the left has done. Yeah, it's actually acceptable to say we're not a a, a country overtaken by the sexual identity cartel. We're not going to stand for that. We're going to fight back against it. We're going to get our views on the map. We're going to get on the playing field, something we really haven't done, certainly on cultural issues in a decade, but really you're seeing now on every issue. I'm, I'm running out of air here anyway. Thanks for listening as always. CRTV, CR is your one-stop shop. Till next time, God bless you all. Thank the good Lord for, for the gifts he has bestowed upon us. And we pray that we can only take these opportunities and do what's just and proper in God's eyes with them. Take care, guys. God bless you all. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.